0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and this week we are doing part two of our ketogenic diet series. Okay, I am happy that we are back to be talking about this in a little bit more detail. I think this is such a hot topic, and everybody is constantly asking me questions about this, so it's been really fun for me to do. Um, Before we get into it, if you could, please leave me a rating and review. That does help me out a whole lot, and I love hearing what you guys thought of the different episodes. And also, please subscribe, because I really do have so much more in store for you. Now, without further ado, let's just dive right in. Last week, we saw that there was no real acute benefit to consuming a ketogenic diet as far as cognitive performance is concerned, all right? And this was looking at otherwise healthy individuals, and healthy is the operative word there, okay? Um, There are a lot of other data suggesting keto could be useful in other populations, um, specifically in obese participants if they would lose weight, as well as elderly participants who um, they aren't really processing their carbohydrates very well, And in fact, elderly people are not really processing anything very well, Uh, but that is a topic for another time. And so what I want to do this week is I want to cover some of the knock-on effects, some of the variables that ketogenic diet's influence such as your physical activity your health weight loss and fat loss all these variables which can have an impact indirectly on your brain performance because the study that we reviewed last time as i said it was short duration it was only three weeks um, but i think it was very definitive in that it showed that a ketogenic diet doesn't really boost cognitive performance at all and this is kind of contrary to what a lot of proponents of the ketogenic diet will claim now Physical activity we know is good for the brain, okay? If you are not engaging in physical activity, you need to start right now because that is one of the lowest hanging fruits. Uh, just go outside and exercise. Probably more important than anything else that I've talked about except maybe sleep and otherwise just a good general healthy dietary pattern. So here's what you need to know about physical activity though. Carbohydrates are the ideal fuel for high intensity efforts. They are burned quickly, So, for any kind of movement that needs to happen right now, you know, uh, vertical jump, sprints, stuff that needs to happen right now. They are also the only macronutrient that can be burned in the absence of oxygen. And, you know, this is very typical of high intensity efforts. You're gasping for breath, right? You are sucking in that oxygen to try to fuel the work that you're doing. You're trying to fuel the oxidation of these different fuel sources. And fat is a slower-burning fuel. It takes a while to get going, if you want to call it that way. And what you see is that fat will be increasingly relied on in endurance activities, which are naturally of a lower intensity. So for low-intensity efforts and for long-duration efforts, you see that fat will start to be used as a fuel. And I should take a moment here to just mention that fats as fuel um, that, that's kind of what we're talking about with the ketogenic diet. We're talking about utilizing our fat as a fuel source rather than our carbohydrates as a fuel source. So a little bit more science here for you. Don't don't worry, I'll I'll be over the science (laughs) in a second. Um, Carbohydrates, they do not store well, okay? They take up a lot of space. And you can only get about two hours of effort from your carb stores before you're completely tapped out. You can see this happening in races where the athlete experiences something called bonking or hitting the wall. Fats are stored very efficiently. They contain, and and not only are they stored more efficiently, but they also contain over twice as much energy per gram stored. So even if you are a lean machine, okay, you are shredded, you still have enough fat stored to last over 100 hours of marathon running when we look at the raw energy used for those kind of events. So back to the question at hand. Every study I've looked at using real-world scenarios fails to show an improvement in athletic performance when following a ketogenic diet. The initial studies did a fair comparison, okay, to their credit. They did a fair comparison of a ketogenic diet to a high-carbohydrate diet, and they lost. The ketogenic diet proponents started to then stack the deck in their favor in hopes of confirming, you know, their biases. So the next wave of studies look specifically at endurance-type activities. Remember how I said endurance activities are lower intensity, and the lower intensity, the more fat you're going to be using as a fuel source, all right? So if you're better at using fat as a fuel source, which is a slow-burning fuel, um, you would speculate that that would be of benefit to a low-intensity activity, such as endurance act- activities. These studies, unfortunately, saw no benefit to the ketogenic diet, all right? So then they got smart. They said, okay, so endurance activities were not, you know, uh, giving us the results we wanted. Let's take the lowest, the absolute lowest intensity sport we can think of. Let's take race walking. And what they do is they do, in addition to this low intensity sport, they also add in a classic carb loading protocol to the ketogenic diet group, all right, immediately prior to the race. This way, they have the same carb stores for the race, but they were still fat-adapted from their time spent in ketosis. Guess what happened? They still lost. (laughs) And the reason is because oxygen is king in exercise. Oxygen is the rate-limiting variable. Carbohydrates produce more energy with the same amount of oxygen than fats do. And if you want to put it another way, carbs are a more fuel-efficient source of energy. And the, the really funny thing is that we've actually known this for over a 100 years, but the, the recent craze around ketogenic diets, uh, for whatever reason, made us forget, and we had to redo all of this research that we literally did a 100 years ago. So if you want to know what you can expect following a ketogenic diet and still regularly engaging in high-intensity efforts, more moody, more likely to get sick, uh, you'll have decreased performance, and you'll also probably lose some of your muscle mass. All right, so don't follow a ketogenic diet and expect amazing athletic performance. I mentioned this last week, but there are times where a ketogenic diet might be appropriate and where I have recommended it to people. So I'm not trying to completely bash it here, um, but this is the reality. If you are going to be engaging in a lot of high-intensity efforts, ketogenic diet is only going to hurt you and you have to be very smart about how you do it. Now, the next thing I want to look at is... Whether or not a ketogenic diet supports health, it's yes and no. It depends on what your previous diet was. And if your diet was absolutely terrible, sure, a ketogenic diet will help, but it's not optimal. When, whenever you eliminate an entire class of foods, it's it, it can't be a good move, all right? There are some good carbohydrates and there are some bad carbohydrates. To label the entire group as bad is just an outright lie. And there are studies now showing that there are negative long-term health consequences to strictly adhering to a no-carb diet. Some things that happen when you follow a ketogenic diet is it trains your body to be bad at handling carbs. And another group of people who's very bad at handling carbs are diabetics. This is fine as long as you agree to never have carbs again. However, what this means is that you are now metabolically inflexible, which is not a good thing. Ideally, you want to have the metabolic machinery in place that will allow your body to use whatever fuel it wants to do and to do so efficiently. And what ketogenic diets do is they pigeonhole you into a single backup fuel source. Balanced diets, on the other hand, will give your body options and also maintain that metabolic flexibility. And here's a quick note. I just want a quick sidebar here. Most of the people who I speak with and who I see who are engaging in a ketogenic diet, what they do is they will do keto for a little bit, and then they will binge on carbs when they start to miss them too much, all right? This is an absolutely terrible practice. Uh, The reason is because your body can't deal well with the carbs right after you ended a ketogenic diet, okay? You've just trained your body to basically not be able to use carbs at all, and then the first thing you do is go and give... your body this massive carb binge, all right, your body is not going to be able to process those appropriately. You need to transition slowly out of a ketogenic diet. You can't just go hard um, right when you're feeling like you miss it too much. As I did mention last week, though, the other thing is that there are unique clinical conditions where it's best treated with a ketogenic diet. So I mentioned epileptics and and seizures. Uh, Yes, that can be very helpful for their health. Okay. Next topic, does a ketogenic diet support weight loss? And I chose my words carefully there, weight loss, right? Not fat loss, we're talking about weight loss. And yes, ketogenic diets do support weight loss. People who start a ketogenic diet lose significant weight in their first week. The reason is because carbohydrates, I mentioned they were stored inefficiently, right? They take up a lot of space. Carbohydrates bind water when they're stored. It's about one part carbohydrate to three parts water. As your car stores deplete, the water has nothing left to stick to, so it leaves the body. That causes a significant amount of weight loss in the first week, and people like quick results, and then they're encouraged by the weight loss, and so they like to stick to it, right? That's, that's kind of how this selection bias happens with a keto diet. But once they end the diet and they reintroduce the carbohydrate, they will quickly regain this water weight. It was bound to come back, but people still get discouraged. Uh, and, and what this does is it just validates the carbs are bad mindset because then they can say, oh, look, I ate a piece of bread and all of a sudden I put on three pounds. It's like, okay, well, it wasn't that you actually put on three pounds of fat. What happened was you were just regaining your water stores that you lost at the start of the diet. It was never real weight that you lost to begin with. Now, the other reason why a ketogenic diet might support weight loss is because people who start a keto diet they do spontaneously reduce their intake of calories by about 600 per day. And this seems to be related to the fact that a ketogenic diet causes an increase in satiety. And this is definitely a point in the diet's favor. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, downplay this. This is actually a very nice thing about the diet. If you can, if you have more satiety and you're reducing your calorie intake very quickly, and as a practitioner, like myself, you can quickly educate someone on this diet and you can see results in overweight and obese people. That's awesome, okay? I can, I can immediately tell people in five minutes flat how this diet works and they can start seeing results. It's not complicated, and everyone loves what's easy, right? I do. <laughs> um, but just know, from me to you, that there isn't anything magical about the diet itself causing weight loss. You could have seen the same weight loss with a balanced diet that reduced calories by the same amount, okay? Minus the, the water weight fluctuations. That's, that's unique to the ketogenic diet, um, but that's not real anyways. Now, the last topic I want to mention is, do ketogenic diets support fat loss? And the answer is sometimes. Um, People hear you know, that a ketogenic diet increases your fat burning capacity, and what they think is that this means they will shut off the fat tissue quickly. Unfortunately, this isn't the case. I wish it was. Trust me, I I do wish it was, but this is not the case. Um, Fat burning only increases because you also increased your fat intake. The net fat stays the same. The only way to have more fat come off is to be in a negative energy balance. You know, um, I mean, eating less calories than your body needs. And this can happen whether or not you are in ketosis. And there is no advantage for fat loss on a ketogenic diet. In fact, if you are not careful with your exercise, you're going to be losing far more lean tissue like your muz- like your muscle than a regular diet would. Because you're not consuming carb- carbohydrate, your body is going to be forced to synthesize some of your carbohydrate for your muscles to use during exercise. And if you regularly exercise, which I hope you are, (laughs) this means your body is going to have to start eating your own muscles to create carbohydrates because you can get carbohydrates from two fuel sources. You can get it from carbs, or you can break down your protein, also known as your muscle, to convert it into carbs. Fat is very inefficient at converting into carbohydrate. And so most of it is going to come from your proteins. One thing that I I just have to say again is that I know many people have used ketogenic diets successfully. I've recommended it myself to several clients. The diet can work if you need something very simple to follow. And if carbs are your problem foods, then this is perfect, right? Because you're eliminating all of your problem foods. Um, You do have to be very strict with yourself. Everyone who I ask who is on a ketogenic diet, not a single one of them tells me that this is something they're going to follow for the rest of their life. And if it's not a long-term solution, then I don't think you should be doing it anyways. All right. If you can't see yourself doing something long-term, then don't bother. With that, I will stop (laughs) for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little two-part series. And if you want me to do a deeper dive into any of the other diets and their relationship to brain performance, um, just let me know. Um, I think this one has so much hype around it, and there's so many claims specifically about its relationship with brain performance that I needed to talk about it intelligently and give you some of the background. So, you know, to, to recap some of the points, what you see is that it doesn't in, improve physical activity, okay, and it might actually hurt you. And physical activity, very important for brain health and brain performance. It's only going to help your health if your previous diet was terrible, but it's probably not a good long-term solution. And a ketogenic diet does help with weight loss, okay? It's a very simple diet, also has a high satiety, and people who go on it will spontaneously reduce their caloric intake by 600 calories per day. So there are some notes in the favor of this diet. With that though, the the overall weight of the evidence is pretty negative on using a ketogenic diet for the purpose of improving brain performance, because not only did we show it didn't directly improve brain performance, but it also seems to hamper some of these other variables which indirectly relate to brain performance. All right, I will leave it there for the, for today. Please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you thought. Like I said before, if you want to hear about any other specific diet and its relationship to brain performance, please let me know. I love talking about this stuff. Please also subscribe. I want you to be the first to know when I have new stuff coming out. And trust me, I have so much more in store for you. With that, take care.